Listening to the Plug Podcast, music and more. I am your host, Bushy. Uh, with me, as always, sorry, Metal Mike's. Metal Mike's not with me. He's got business he's taking care of. You guys have been listening to the debacle with his property. He's trying to get all that torn down on his own um, with a couple friends. But I am excited to say I do have somebody sitting in with me today, and I've never had this guy on. I, I, I guess I'm just an asshole because uh, I like the dude, and I'm like one of the few that stands up for this son of a bitch. But from the uh, Freeform Rock podcast, we have Mark Alden Taylor with us today. How you doing, brother? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And uh, like I said, glad. To, well, why the hell have you not been on? I have no idea. I thought you didn't like me. <laughs> Stop it. There's video proof. There's video proof that I like this guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Cur- courtesy of Dr. Fuck. I know. Well, you've been on my podcast several times, and... Uh, and so is your uh, podcast partner, Metal Mike. And I go, fuck. They keep saying, oh, we're going to bring on our podcast. We're going to bring on our podcast. And then when I freaking get on here, Metal Mike's not here, bitch. <laughs> well, that's the only reason <laughs> I need a second. Come on. Oh, shit. Consolation prize. Yeah, I yeah. talked to Lee about that podcast. I'm your consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I ended up getting a hold of Lee last night and telling him that uh, <laughs> you had told me to have him on. And I, and I told him. I said, uh, look, man, and I told Mark straight up, I said, I would not do that to Lee. <laughs> he said, he said, thank you so much. I feel so bad you have to listen to that record. <laughs> uh, because later on, um, you know, here at The Plug, we don't really do a lot of album reviews. But if I'm going to have a guy on that that's what their niche is, I'm going to go ahead and do a record review. So we will be doing one of those a little later. Uh, what's been going on in California? How how are you doing? How's the missus? What's going on out there? Ah, it's pretty cool, man. People are nice, and I'm in a nice city in Rancho Cucamonga. It's chill. Uh, my job's going okay. Nobody's bugging me. Uh, I just don't talk about nothing. <laughs> just go to work, go home, go to work, go home. Talk to the people I trust and leave. <laughs> uh, I, I feel that. I actually almost got pissed off at work this week. Um, I work for another company that, uh, the hours are great. The pay absolutely sucks, but the hours are great because now I'm eight to four thirty Monday to Friday. And I've been trying to get on a day shift since I moved to the South, but, uh, it's a private owned small business, still a factory, but a private owned small business. Um, and this guy, I mean, he doesn't, I, I guess it's the nature of work a small business. You don't get any PTO days. You don't get sick days. You don't get vacation days. But the hours are good. But here's the other thing. He's one of these guys where uh, 
And he, I mean, he's a army medic, combat vet, Vietnam vet. So I respect the hell out of the guy. But dude, he's got buzzers that go off like you're in school. Like, like at five minutes to eight, you get the warning bell. And I, every, every time that bell goes off, I'm like, oh shit, I got to get to my locker. Because at 8 o'clock, the bell goes off, and you have to be at your machine or whatever your workstation is, and you're working. 9.30, the bell goes off, and that's when you can go to break. But you have to be back at your workstation when it goes off again at 9.40, and he gets pissy. Well, the other day, uh, it was like 4.29, and I'm trying to figure out how to shut down this piece of equipment I'm working on, because I've never shut this one down. And the line lead comes over, and he's like, um, hey, keep bending, man, because if Robert comes around... It sees you, he will fire you. And I'm like, this motherfucker doesn't give me any sick time, vacation time, PTO. I mean, thank God we get freaking benefits, but fuck that. <laughs> just because a New Yorker in me gets irritated. You know, just get irritated. And I'd be saying words down in the South they don't like, like, um, oh yeah, union. They don't like that shit down here. <laughs> no. This is one of those right to work states. So they ran the unions all out of North Carolina. And these fucking morons, because they, you know, granted, they donate to the Democrat Party. But you stupid fucks, they will help you out. You all bitch about wanting better raises. Guess what happens if you have a union fighting for you? But if you bring that stuff up at work, you get fired. Yeah. I think Amazon's trying to unionize right now. They should. Bezos got plenty of scratch. He could he could spread a little bit around. And I'm not against anybody making a profit. I don't care. I don't care how rich you get. But if you're paying you know $15 an hour and you're doing slave labor, well, give him a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, uh, and, and shit, my company gets us union, so I'm fine. I'm in a union. Dude, it's great. I worked for 11.99 SEIU for uh, seven years in New York, uh, and that's the. Uh, a lot of hospitals and nursing homes as such um, belong to that union. And I hated it. I hated paying union dues. I hated everything about it. I know they donated to, a, uh, to Obama's campaign. You know, I, I know they donated to every Democrat that ran in New York State. I know that. But boy, when I really needed them, they were there. And I guess that's the trade-off. The better pay, the better benefits. And frankly, filing a grievance... Now, that's kind of a scam, you know, because I got a lot of free money if I didn't get offered overtime and they gave somebody overtime least, you know, less senior than I was. Because I'd file the grievance, I'd get that overtime too. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't yep. have to work it. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a shop steward at Disney. I know what you're talking about. It's good stuff. I used to file grievances on cast, for cast members all the time. Yeah, and a lot of times uh, the managers would go, okay, we'll just pay them. Just leave us alone. <laughs> right, exactly. You, you got I'll be it. I'll go, wait, the contract doesn't say this, guys. Uh, you you called somebody in earlier for a better shift, and you didn't call this one in first. You need to pay her what she missed. <laughs> exactly. That right, yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite thing they'll say out here is, like, that's not my job. And, I, and I'll look at it and say, well, where the fuck's my union rep? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was always telling people, hey, dude, I'm a union rep. You get called to the office, uh, ask for your rep first. Don't oh. talk to managers. Oh, oh yeah. It's <laughs> kind of yep. like true. dealing with the cops, man. You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> yeah. Don't say anything. Don't incriminate you. Don't write a statement without your union representation there. Don't do anything. Oh, yeah. Like, like I said, yeah. they're good when they're good. They're bad when they're bad. 
But these people, again, this is a right-to-work state. They ran the unions out of North Carolina. It, it's funny that these people will have a union mentality. Like, they won't do something if it's not their job. Eh, fuck you, it's everybody's job. There's no union here. <laughs> yeah. Some crazy stuff going on lately. And when I say crazy, I don't mean like, oh my God, that's fucked up. But David Lee Roth has announced his retirement. And I haven't had a chance to address this yet. going to finish up a run of what five shows in january for his uh vegas residency and he's gone yeah. man what what do you think of that uh dude he deserves it man um i happen to like the live album with david Lee Roth. there's some cringeworthy moments on it but it's fucking it's raw man uh, i like him i respect him he still has his ego and he doesn't give a shit what people think about him so let him do what he wants he deserves it well, I definitely agree with that. I'm, I guess I mean more the kind of cryptic statement he made where, you know, it probably should have been me before Eddie, but I'm right behind you. Do you think he's alluding to his age or that possibly there's some health issues? Because the other thing he said is his handlers, his doctors all say it's he needs to quit. Yeah, maybe he has a, a health issue or maybe he's just talking about his age. I have no idea. David's never been like, forthright with anything he always goes around subjects <laughs> yeah he's, he's definitely good at skirting them that's for sure yes he should have been a politician <laughs> oh god i can only imagine how that would have gone <laughs> in the 80s that would have been great hookers a blow for everybody <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that'd have been like best president ever <laughs> hey did you like the 80s i don't remember him david lee Roth was the president <laughs> That was the 90s for me. I don't remember half the 90s. But. Nice. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah, we definitely, uh, we wish David Lee Roth the best in his retirement. I hope we still hear from him. I hope he doesn't just disappear. I think he said he'll still be making songs and stuff. I just w wish they would release that uh, that album he did with, uh, what's his name, John Five, that he says it's awesome. <laughs> he doesn't know why David isn't releasing it. Uh, yeah, that sucks. You never know why this shit's happening. But yeah. it's rumored, rumored Alex may come play on a, you know, a couple of those gigs with him. How badass would that be? That'd be really badass. 
Fuck yeah. Big news out your way. Big news out your way. Britney Spears. Finally out of her conservatorship. I'd be pissed off if I'm like knocking on 40 or maybe in the 40s. I'm not sure how old she is, but mommy and daddy still have total control over my life. It's absolute bullshit. Yes, we know she had that breakdown. I don't understand why she shaved her head because she went from smoking hot to butt ugly real quick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sinead O'Connor, I never saw her with hair. So, I mean, maybe it was a mistake for her. I don't know. For Brittany, it was absolutely a mistake to shave (laughs) shave her hair off. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I, I know it's not rock and roll, but I don't deal with just rock and roll. Uh, I think it's cool that she's out of it. That, that's freaking cool. But did you read what happened today about her? No. She's pissed off at freaking uh, Christina Aguilera because Christina Aguilera was asked a question about her and she skirted the answer, didn't want to answer it. What is this, the 2000s again? We're getting this in the news again? <laughs> <laughs> Is this wrestling? Is this made up? Is this like Snoop Dogg? Is like uh, Dr. Dre and Eazy E again? What's going on? <laughs> oh, that's a that's a cat fight. I'd like to be ringside to watch. Christina Aguilera <laughs> and Britney. She they were doing they were doing it all through the two thousands. Like she she said this. Well, I say this. She said this. You know that. What are they bringing it back? <laughs> that's hilarious. And the only thing you could say about that is Aguilera has the better voice. That's true. You know, Aguilera has a better voice, but Britney has a better body. And she That's just, true. Britney just seems naughty. There's something about her. I remember when that Hit Me Baby One More Time video came out and I turned away. I had to turn my eyes. I'm like, should I, should I be watching this? <laughs> is, this <laughs> is this chick old enough for me to be staring at having these thoughts right now? <laughs> I know, man. That's horrible. The damn pigtails and the little Catholic schoolgirl skirt. That, no, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> about to go turn myself into the police look i was just watching this video <laughs> I, th- I think just the thoughts i was having deserves i think i should register at least register you know? oh exactly or you see the uh one girl taylor momson she was Cindy lou who and uh uh the grinch with jim carrey now you look at her in a freaking pretty reckless posing nude inside the album cover I go what the I know it. Yeah, she's all grown up. God Holy love crap. Her. 
Jerry tells me, did you open your gatefold yet? I go, no, open it up. And I open it up. I go, oh, shit, she's nude. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I think you sent me the picture of that gatefold. Because I never did get the album. Yep. I still don't have the album. Yeah. Oh, but I got that picture still. <laughs> Look at that. It's like, it. <laughs> I'd touch that with a 10-foot pole for real. <laughs> yeah. That gives the Grinch a whole new meaning, if you ask me. <laughs> but because of that, I can't watch that movie anymore. I know. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't it's one like, of my favorite Christmas movies, but damn. I know, man. It's horrible. And between seeing <laughs> that the... and then hearing the hearing the song Going to Hell, yeah, no, my <laughs> my my days of watching the Grinch are over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, damn, that's her? No way. <laughs> Well, I, I knew it was her years ago, but I didn't think she was just going to say, you know what, I'm just going to put a nude spread in the middle of this album and not say a word about it. Just surprise, here I am. Yep. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Real. God love rock and roll. It's like you get that Chong, that Cheech face where you think it's a double bubble and you go, oh, you ain't a, you ain't a woman. <laughs> yeah. You ain't no chick. <laughs> you know, chick. <laughs> well, I know, man, but nobody would stop. <laughs> that's, that's great. I slipped in a ditch last night, man. It's like horrible. <laughs> you know what sucks is that's the only good Cheech and Chong movie because I've seen them all. Nice Dreams wasn't bad, but after that, it's like, come on, guys. Uh, yeah, I liked them. I did. Of course, yeah, I did like sucked. Born in East LA. That was good. Yeah, that was a Cheech movie. Yeah, but uh, they're bringing back Nash Bridges also. I saw that. Now, is that just going to be a movie, or is it going to be another series? Another series. Christ. Yeah. Let, let me see Nash or Cheech <laughs> chasing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, put the walker down. Grab the wheelchair. <laughs> oh, man. It's hilarious. I did like that show. I'll only accept it if they put Stone Cold in it again, though. Let's get, let's get cool. Stone Cold Steve Austin in the series. I know. I was like, dang, they, oh, writers don't have any ideas anymore. We're, let's rehash this. Let's rehash this. Pretty soon, a show you don't like will be back in three years. Supernatural, the new generation. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Well, they already tried that with Charmed. It didn't work. Oh, Charmed was horrible. Yeah, but they rebooted it, made another series about it. I think it lasted I a know. season. I saw that and I go, no. Ugh. Well,. Alyssa Milano may be batshit crazy, but I like staring at that rack, okay? The Mermaid episode of uh, Charmed is like my favorite thing. No, I like the original Charmed. But I, I don't like you comparing Supernatural to Charmed, though, because that's way different, man. Way different. It's it's one freaking guy who acts just like you do. You and Dean should be brothers, for one, for God's sake. <laughs> fucking beer, food, women. Fucking, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Loyalty, know. you're loyal. You know that's deep, Dad. My my daughter says it all the time too. She'll yell at me. Yeah, charmed. And, you know, supernatural, just charmed with dudes. She gets mad at me for the same shit. <laughs> I know the guy. Yeah, she just popped up in my face, giving me a dirty look because she obviously can't hear what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't care. I mean, yeah, he's got a good car. I know he listens to good music. But ooh, let's go fight the ghosts and zombies and goblins and shut up. Ugh, hate it. It's not ghosts, zombies, and goblins. It's basically vampires and werewolves, dude. Ugh. And demons. That's it. There's no freaking zombies. 
<laughs> They're fighting really supernatural stuff with freaking spells and the devil and ooh, Lucifer. Are, ooh, are they using spells? I wonder what that's like. Would it be like Charmed? Uh, well, it's... Forget it. <laughs> Demons, dude. I, I may one day before I die try to get through that series. Okay, but did Charmed use guns? No. <laughs> well, no, because Alyssa Milano could knock people out with her tits. <laughs> and same thing with Kelly came in there, right? <laughs> oh, Kayla Cuoco, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was, that was the Kaylee, last season. Kelly Cuoco, yeah, she's still hot. But see, I only know about that because uh, Nevaeh's mother watched it all the time. Uh, so I, I've seen every episode of that show like a billion times over because I ended up finding on the cheap like every season on DVD. So I'd gotten all that four years ago, which was a mistake on my part because I've seen every fucking episode <laughs> of that series several <laughs> times over. Nice. But, but at least they were good to look at. What am oh, I going to yeah. look at in Supernatural? Like, ooh, Dean, you're so a dude. Well, they, they had some nice lady demons in there, man. If you want to think about it, it was more like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, you see, I never watched that either. See, every, oh, time, every time I think my nerd runs deep, I find out how undeep my nerd runs. <laughs> I do like Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, superhero movies. That's about the extent of my nerd. Uh, I played Dungeons and yeah. Dragons as a kid. You know, never killed anybody. I didn't see chickens and have to execute anybody. You know, nothing like that, like the wackos were saying back in the 80s. But yeah, that's the, that's the extent of my nerd. Every <laughs> yeah, once in a while, I'll play a video too. game. What about Quantum Leap? <laughs> oh, I love Quantum Leap. Okay, I had to bring you back to nerdum. There you go. <laughs> the great thing is, they keep talking about possibly rebooting that series. And I just wonder if it would be any good. And you, and you alluded earlier about, um, you know, just everything's a reboot. There's no original ideas. You have to remember there, there haven't been a lot of original ideas in a long time. I mean, even Scarface with Pacino was a reboot of an old uh, Al Capone movie from like the 40s or 50s. Everything's constantly recycled. I, I know that. It's just It just seems like they're doing it faster now. They're not giving it like 20 years. They're giving it like six, five, four. It's like freaking Modern Family will probably be back in two years with the, somebody's family, Modern Family. I don't know. Right. <laughs> what, did, what did I just see today? You know how CBS Live did something a while back, but it looks like they're about to do... Oh, what was it? It was Good Times and something else they did. Um, oh, they did uh, All in the Family and... Are you talking about the ones they did live? Yeah. It was All in the Family oh, it was All in the Family right? and the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons. The Jeffersons. They're about to do different strokes and the facts of life. I'll watch that. Is Woody, Woody in there again? <laughs> I don't know, but it did look like uh, John Lithgow may be playing uh, Mr. Mr. Drummond. Drummond. Yeah. Oh, that's a perfect casting right there. Yeah, Lithgow does nothing wrong. I mean, his greatest role was in, what, season four of uh, Dexter, but. Oh, third rock from the sun, the whole run. Uh, I, I really don't like that show. I liked him better as a crazy preacher and Footloose and in Third Rock. Uh, I like that in freaking Twilight Zone, the movie where he did the Shatner rollers. That's something out yeah. on the plane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a good bit. Was, I, I forgot about Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. Oh, that that movie flick. <laughs> Want to yeah. see something really scary? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
with Treatise Clearwater Revival playing in the background. Yeah, Bad Moon Rising. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Guy turns into that purple monster thing. It was great. It was Midnight Special. Yeah, Midnight Special. No, they were listening to Midnight Special while they yeah, were driving. To... Yep. here today because we're going to do something that you should have never done to leave and though it was interesting to listen to that episode because i did finally get to listen to it because of where i work i can wear earbuds and listen to podcasts all day long so i'm able to go back and listen to a lot of old freeform a lot of old decibel geek um cobras and fire talk to me i've been going through a lot of those old episodes and uh it, you know as well as this you know getting my daily dose of glenn beck and ben shapiro and adam carolla but I got you in today. We're going to talk a little Bon Jovi. Um, I don't know how many of the guys that listen to me listen to you. I know a lot of us, you know, we we, we share podcasts the way, you know, some of us share women. So, <laughs> but I share we'll, everybody's podcast. I don't even care if I like it. I, 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 I mean, listening. A lot of us have the same listeners. But yeah. how did you first discover Bon Jovi? What, what's your earliest recollection? Uh, I remember MTV just seeing the video for like Tokyo Road. And I go, oh, this is great. And I saw In and Out of Love video, and I said, oh, this is awesome. And then I then they went back and played Runaway. And, go, and then Slippery When Wet came out, and that's the first one I bought from them. All right, wow. You see, I was in uh, Heidelberg, Germany. 
and it was sixth grade. And I, I remember specifically, I was taking a uh, creative writing class. And um, I just remember this smoking hot girl was writing Bon Jovi rules on the chalkboard. I had no idea what the fuck it was. Now, at that point, I'm listening to Twisted Sister. You know, I'm listening to Kiss and things like that. But I don't know who Bon Jovi was yet. Get back to the States. I guess we got to New York January 87. Somewhere in there, Slippery When Wet really started gaining some traction. And uh, I really want to say it's as bad as I may have heard One of Dead or Alive first. And I was kind of on the fence. But man, living on a prayer, hooked. Hooked right away. And then I had to go backwards. I had no knowledge of 7800 or uh, or the or the self-titled debut. But we are here today to talk about the fifth album by these guys, last featuring the um, original lineup, the November 3, 1992 release, Keep the Faith. Now, uh, I know Alec John Such, he was <laughs> dismissed, I guess is a nice way to say it, uh, sometime in 94. But this is like the beginning of the new Bon Jovi sound. This is one of those bands that figured it out. Uh, because for a band that frankly started out in the early mid-80s, to still be going strong today, you had to figure it out. And that's by adapting to the times and still staying in the mainstream. A lot of the bands we you know grew up loving so much, while they're still out there making music, they're not in the mainstream. You don't hear them on the radio. But Bon Jovi drops an album. You're going to hear their songs on non-rock radio. You know, top 40 radio, you're going to hear them. And um, to me, to me, it's a much more mature sound, I, I, I guess is a good way to say it. It's definitely not that 80s glam sound that got them lumped into the, you know, the hair metal scene because they were never hair metal to begin with. They were never glam metal to begin with. That's why I get so irritated when people talk so much shit about them. It's like, look, the media and Circus Magazine and Metal Edge and Hit Parader, they lumped Bon Jovi in just because they were a rock and roll band. Yep. I agree with that. They get so much hate and I'm going, have you ever actually listened to the songs, Lee? And then he liked it. <laughs> well, in the case of someone like Lee, I, I would imagine a later album would work for him because their sound matured and you know they, they weren't that glammy stuff like they were back in, you know, especially those first three albums. New Jersey, nah, it was still very, very glammy. And it's got one of my all-time favorite Bon Jovi songs on it that, uh, ah, fuck. I know it wasn't on the Greatest Hits album, and I was furious. Born to Be My Baby, I think is one of their best oh, songs. That's a great song, and I like the one with the train. I can't remember right now. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't can't remember what it is either. It's got a chugging speed to it that just kicks ass. Right. But this this is a big departure from that. I mean, you remember when it was news? It was news when Metallica cut their hair. But people, women especially, lost their shit when John Bon Jovi cut his hair off. Oh, yeah. And it's like it wasn't even... (laughs) It's not like he went super short, <laughs> you know. It just yeah. wasn't those, that, those long locks anymore. People lost their minds over that shit. Yeah, I think there was a Saturday Night Live skit about that. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. An old one. Yep. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into this record, and we're going to go back and forth. Um, I'm, of course, going to let you uh, start out because you are the special guest. Uh, but, yeah, Bon Jovi, Keep the Faith, 1992 I believe is the opening track. What are your thoughts on this track? Well, like, well, before you, I get into this, this one thing that uh, people should know if they don't know it already because it's been all over the news. Uh, Alec 
didn't play bass on any Bon Jovi album. It was always Hugh McDonald. On, right, but on it, this but even even though that's the case, it was always Alec John Such. You know what I mean? He did all the touring. Yeah. He, was, he was on the stage, and he was always the one that was credited. And this was the last one where he was credited until he got the boot in '94. But yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Hugh McDonald's been playing with Bon Jovi since the first album. He's on everything. And what is it? Is, is he just a lot older than those guys? He didn't have the look. That was uh, the problem. But uh, yeah. John just kept him on the albums because he's a great bass player. Yeah, in the 80s, and when we, it was definitely about the look. Yeah, when you get into this album, you hear this is actually Hugh, not Alec. <laughs> so Hugh is just amazing to me. But this song is really good opening track, and I love the bass. Uh, Kick-ass drums. I don't think Tico gets enough credit as a drummer. He has such a great rhythm and is always in the pocket, and this song rules. Nice. Uh, yeah, the opening riff and that scream at the beginning, that's all promising, but that's kind of where it loses me. Uh, however, I do like the positive lyrics in the song, and John's voice is right on fucking point. What bothers me here is Richie's guitar solo. It's only okay. I don't think it's a very good uh, opening track, but it's 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 really not a horrible song. Uh, second track, Keep the Faith. Uh, this should have opened the album. Baseline is fucking ridiculous. Lyrics are just killer. And, man, the, the tune just jams. And Richie's guitar solo is just fucking out of this world. It's just a great rocking, yet solid track. Not super fast. Kind of a mid-tempo rocker, but I don't think there's anything real fast on here. Nothing like living on a prayer speed or, or even bored to be my baby speed or bad medicine speed. It's a little mid-tempo, but it's a great tune. Yeah, it's opening bass line always gets me pumped when the song comes on. The rhythm is ear candy. The whole band is so tight on this track, and it's 
this is like classic Bon Jovi. It's like plays this every time he's live. It's a great song. Nice. Well, it's classic Bon Jovi now. It wasn't 92. Yeah. This, this is very different sounding. If you, if you put yourself back in 92, coming off of New Jersey, you know, what was that, 89? Yeah. yeah. Keep the Faith is just a much different record for the most part. I'll Sleep When I'm Dead. What are your thoughts there? Uh, it's a cool, fun song. After the first two, we're kind of deep with the lyrics. A uh, little honky-tonk piano. David is kicking ass on that. Uh, this is a fun song, man. Uh, drink to it and get fucked up. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. a message to have fun, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, stop worrying about shit. Just fucking push that shit aside. Stop watching TV and just get into some music and drift away, man. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. Damn, I, I'm going to mimic a lot of your thoughts here. It's, it, it's a great song. I love that drum intro and that country blues feel to the guitar and those honky tonk keyboards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hell, even the bass is on point. The band is just firing on all cylinders here. And, um, you know, it just smokes. And the chorus is snappy. You know, it's just snappy. You know, until I'm six feet under, baby, I don't need a bed. I'm going to live while I'm alive asleep when I'm dead. That's what I'm fucking talking about, dude. Now, now at almost 50, I'm like, uh, no, I, I, I definitely need the bed. <laughs> but back then i was all about it i was fucking see 92 to 92 i was a senior in high school man it's just a great tune uh 92 that's when i started drinking <laughs> well you're a little bit older than i am oh yeah well i was 22 21 or 22 at that time so nice just working at in and out burger out here in uh california IA. gotcha nice yeah well, we move on uh, track four. This is CD here. I don't even know if this was ever released on vinyl. I got no idea. Neither do I. I, I I'd buy it. Uh, yeah, I would too. But I mean, it's long. It's thirteen songs. It's kind of long for a record. But in these arms is here we go. You know, here we go. It, it's a ballad. But even though it kind of starts slow, it ends up kind of being a mid-tempo rocker type ballad. Uh, the chorus is everything a typical Ballard love song should be. It's sappy, it's lovey-dovey, but it's great. Which is hilarious because while it's sappy and lovey-dovey, the whole time he's singing to a woman that just isn't there anymore. <laughs> and I love that dichotomy. Yeah. It, you know, it's a great tune. Yeah, it's uh, this, this thing is pumping. This is a fast-moving ballad. Uh, John's voice. Uh, and this guy could sing back then. Uh, I think he still can, but I don't know. People keep telling me he sucks now, but... I saw him two tours ago on, uh, like, This House Is Not For Sale, and he sounded really good on that one, so I don't know. That's interesting. But, I have uh, his um, live from Madison Square Garden concert, and I don't know which tour that was. It's in the last, let's call it five, eight years, and uh, I struggle with it. His tonality is off. Uh, it, it just... just it just doesn't sound like him. Even though it's him, you can tell he's not using backing tracks like at all. The great thing about that is it has the greatest performance of I'll Be There For You ever because it's not John Bon Jovi. He went backstage to do a wardrobe change or you know spank off on his wife's face or something. <laughs> and Richie Sambora actually does the song, just him and the guitar. And it's fucking amazing. Oh, I love Richie's voice. All right, from there, we're going to go to... Uh... Bed of Roses. What do you think of that one? 
Oh, this now it's a classic Bon Jovi ballad, but I it, I thought it was classic when it first came out. Uh, I love it when Richie and uh, John like blend their voices together. This song rules. <laughs> okay, uh, when this song started, as I was listening to it last night for this review, I was like, "Fuck this song." <laughs> Because this is one of those, okay, I've heard it enough, and I don't need to hear it again. It was just huge. And we're talking a top 40 radio. It was huge. But I listened to it, and I'm just like, fuck. This is an amazing ballad. It's an absolutely amazing ballad. The drums, the guitars, the lyrics, the fucking vocals, Richie harmonizing. Oh, it's, it's, I hate to say I love it, but I love it. I, 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 I hate to say I love it, but I love it. Well, it's a great song. You should love it. Oh. I think there'd be something wrong with you if you didn't, man. <laughs> <laughs> After that, Jim. we finally get out of the fucking ballads. We go to If I Was Your Mother. Now, that riff. He was really tapping into what was going on in the early 90s. It's an almost perfect song. Great lyrics, great delivery. Those keyboards, they almost whine. How the fuck do you make a keyboard whine? But they almost whine. The guitar work is sick. This is a great tune. Yeah, nothing much I could say. You just explained everything I would say about it. This is that riff. It's got kind of metal, like grungy. (laughs) Rules, man. And. People need to listen to Richie's solo albums too, man, because Richie was a big part of this band. I think they lost like half the talent when he left. At least if he could blend with John, it would, he would sound better. But um, Oh, yeah, between songwriting and vocals and that that guitar sound, that's that's Bon Jovi. You know, you, you got to have that guitar sound. Yeah, and Richie said in an article, he said, yeah, my job in Bon Jovi was to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so are you saying John had LSD? He had that lead singer's disease that Eddie Van Halen was so famous for quoting? Oh, he also said that I shut the fuck up and it was a good thing because John knew what he was doing. <laughs> ah, so, nice, nice. Yeah. But that was my job, shut the fuck up cafe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of Richie's solo records. It's amazing, but you got to love the blues. If you don't love the blues, you're not going to like Richie at all. Is that Stranger in This Town? Yeah, that's the one I have. That's a great album. That's his first one. Yeah, that one's fucking rips. After that, Dry County is track seven. What are your thoughts on this one? 
oh, this is a great song, and the guitar break in this, and Richie just fucking goes off, man. <laughs> this fucking shows you what a kick-ass guitar player he is. He's so underrated. Great song with a killer story. Yeah, that that guitar piano, and you know, in the beginning, it's just haunting. But the track, this, this it's epic. It's epic in scope. It's epic in sound. It's epic in length because it comes in at just under ten minutes, and it features some of the band's best writing. Because uh, as I was looking it up, this isn't credited to John. This is credit to the band. Some of John's best vocals, and it's the absolute best Richie guitar solos on this album. Now, this is not only my favorite song on this record. This is my all-time favorite Bon Jovi song. And you're Dang. like, that second act, once it picks up, Richie's like, look, hold my dick for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Holy exactly. cow. What an amazing... Like, the first guitar solo blows you away. The second one... It just leaves you exhausted. Just leaves you exhausted lying on the floor. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, that's my all-time favorite Bon Jovi song. Yeah, it's like you need to tell somebody, hey, buckle up, the solo's coming, bitch. Yeah, for real. <laughs> in. This ain't live. This is Memorex. That ain't Memorex, you know. This is live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember those commercials. <laughs> yeah, blowing the heads, guy's head off. It's like... One of those thanks, movies. thanks for dating us. As if I didn't already say I'm almost 50 <laughs> and you're older than I am. <laughs> I don't care. care. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we got to hear all the good music. Oh, yeah. Track 8. Uh, man, I wish this was a record. I, I love it when you can flip it over. Uh, Woman in Love. Now, for me, this is a, this has got a... This is total 80s vibe lyrically. But not quite as naughty as, say, Social Disease was. And I kind of dig the lyrics. I mean, yes, a woman in love is kind of a different animal in terms of confidence and that quote-unquote in-love glow. But I have no problem skipping this song. It's closer to the 80s style of Bon Jovi music, but I don't think it works in the context of this album. Thank God it's a short song. Yeah, I agree with you. It's It's got catchy lyrics, though, but it's kind of filler to me. They could have, like, left the song off the album. I would have been fine. I, I didn't expect you to go there with me. What do you think of Fear? <laughs> Fear. Uh, love the bass, John's vocal tone, but another filler track that goes against the flow of the album. All right, I feel you, because there's just something about this that rubs me the wrong fucking way. I mean, I like the bass line. The verses aren't necessarily horrible. But the chorus irritates the fuck out of me, and I can't figure out why. I actually went back and listened to this four fucking times in a row. And every time, I'm like, God, it's getting fucking worse. There's no <laughs> guitar solo in it whatsoever. I, fuck this song. Get it off. I don't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it either. It's like, what happened? The album is going really well, and then these two songs come out tonight. Ugh. Oh, for real. And after that, we go back into ballad land because Bon Jovi thinks he's a fucking crooner. <laughs> and that's what it is. Another ballad. I Want You is the name of the track. And it reminds me of 80s REO Speedwagon or 80s Chicago. And, and I actually like those two bands. Even yeah, so, too. it's not a bad song. I'm not sure what I thought so many ballads, you know, on one album was necessary. You know, whatever. <laughs> I didn't make that money. It is better than some of the 80, uh, you know 80s ballads I've heard. The two we got were already enough. I agree with that. I said this is a cut and paste Bon Jovi ballad. 
not needed already had two killer ballads this is just a little boring lyrics are a little lazy also i expect better from them with lyrics this is like fucking let's like read a poem book and put them all together <laughs> oh for fucking real oh, yeah. okay i'm glad it wasn't me i mean i think every rose has its thorn is better okay oh yeah that's <laughs> way better this song is like ah, oh, this song sucks we already had two killer ballads now you just throw this one on why <laughs> Well, because it's a CD era, I could put this much time on an album, so let's do this. I guess so, man. Shut up, Richie, we're playing it. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, blame it on the love of rock and roll. Long title, but what do you think of this one, Mark?
fun song. It's it's kind of cliche with the lyrics, you know, vaccinated, got vaccinated by a photograph needle that every group has used from Aerosmith to Old Blues. It's like <laughs> they use all the cliche rock lyrics, but it's fun. It's a song that gets you moving, and I think this would be a killer track for them to do live to get the audience involved with. You know, I don't disagree, because what I said is now this is a fucking tune. It's bluesy, again with the honky-tonk type piano. I love the dynamics. I love the chorus. It feels so good it ought to be illegal. Got my vaccination from a phonograph needle. And that's an obvious homage, if you ask me, to uh, Peter Chris's 1978 solo album and the track um, Hooked on Rock and Roll. The guitar solo in this, though, is a little weak. But overall, it's a solid rock and roll tune with a killer party vibe, man. So you don't think that's kind of like Aerosmith said that before Peter Chris? I don't know. Chris said it in '78. I, see, Aerosmith, I'm more casual too, man. I got oh, a few albums, uh, but I'm not like, oh my god, Aerosmith. Steven Tyler says I got vaccinated with a phonograph needle. Yeah, fucking great shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you listen to some old Aerosmith, man. Shit, you're missing out. Well, I like fucking the debut like and I like Toys in the Attic. Draw the Lions, fucking amazing. I like Done With uh, Mirrors. Rocks. Rocks, Rocks is, Rocks is amazing. Mirrors. Rocks is amazing. Yeah, dude. There's, there's so many. Maybe, maybe I, I know like, a little more of them than I'd like to admit. I, yeah. I like Pump, too. Pump rules. Well, Pump is like the greatest thing they ever did. Oh, fuck. I, I agree with that. That and and Rocks are my two favorite Aerosmith albums. Oh, yeah. I, I would be with you. I like Toys in the Attic a lot. Permanent Vacation. I think a lot of people shit on it. It's a great fucking oh. record. I saw that tour with uh, Dokken on their uh, Back for the Attack. They opened for them. That's great. I bought a Dokken awesome. shirt, not an Aerosmith shirt, though. And then my mom turned it. My my mom turned it pink. And I go, crap! Just like it did to my Poison shirt, mom. Thanks. Yeah, but it works for the. <laughs> hey, it works for those bands, image wise. Not Dokken, maybe Poison. <laughs> Come on, did you see the cover of Under Lock and Key? Yes. <laughs> From there, we move to track 12, which is a little bit of soul, which should have been called a little bit of the blues. There's nothing soul in this motherfucker at all. But I do love the guitar work. It's an obvious filler track, however. But it's kind of almost killer filler. It works. I dig it. But no, it's not a little bit of soul. You're full of shit. What do you think of that one? <laughs> I think it's killer filler. And I think it's a very uplifting song. And I like the blues tinge to it. And I think uh, you got freaking John and Richie blending together again, which is amazing, which they didn't do enough of on this album as they did on earlier albums. And I was kind of listening to this. I go, Richie isn't really in the background as much. It's like John's taking over more. Yeah, for real. I mean, I mean, I'll be there for you is a perfect example where those two guys were just nailing it. But when you pull John's voice out, I'm going to I'm gonna have to send you that, uh, that YouTube clip, dude, because it's fucking amazing. I'm telling you, it's the best I've ever heard that song done. And John's gone. Cool. It's just Richie. Yeah, I, I heard Richie live. Uh, I saw them the tour before he left. And uh, they were really good together on stage. And he, he had some stuff that he sang by himself. It's pretty cool. Oh, nice, nice. Well, from there, we finally get to the end of this record. Save a Prayer. What do you think of this one? Save a Prayer. It's a cool song. I like it. I, I, the album could have ended three songs ago, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you could have pulled a few out and ended it on uh, 
maybe end on a little bit of soul, but definitely end on blaming on the love of rock and roll. Yeah. Save a Prayer feels a lot like a leftover from the uh, Blaze of Glory soundtrack. I'm not a fan of this track at all. I hate that effect on his vocal there in the beginning. I, I, I just hate everything about this. The guitar work is only okay, but like, like you said, should have been left off the album. Yeah. Now, I don't play the music underneath. I don't even know if I'll play clips of this. I already have some music that I will have set up throughout, uh, throughout this thing while we're talking. Um, I think overall, it's a good album. If you had to rate it out of five, what would you rate this? I'd give it a three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Three and a half seems fair. Uh, there's a couple duds. There's a couple oh, yeah. maybes. There's some killers on here, though. Some absolute killers. Yeah, they need to cut out some songs on this album. But, you know, everybody bitches about the CD era. But one album that I love and it's extra long is Docking Back for the Attack and freaking Def Leppard Hysteria. <laughs> Those albums, I wouldn't cut nothing off of. I'm a big Hysteria fan. I, I know, you know, the you know new wave of British heavy metal purists hate a lot of them hate pyromania, but they really hate hysteria. And it's like, look, dude, the drummer lost his fucking arm. You had to kind of move towards a more electronic sound. And Pour Some Sugar on Me is still the most played stripper song. <laughs> more than Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue, which is a stone cold song about stripper strippers. Stripper song. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But Def Leppard holds that mantle. But there's so many good tracks on there that. People are like, oh, I heard uh, Love Bites and and Animal and and Pour Some Sugar on Me and fuck that record. I'm like, then you didn't hear Women? You didn't hear Gods no. of War? There is some Gods good of stuff best on, track that. on that album. For fucking real, I agree. Gods of War. I, I fucking Reagan gives me the chills at the end. They thought we'd be passive. They thought wrong. And I'm like, damn. They used a yeah. free soundbite and not that song, man. It's, it's absolutely good shit. Mark, oh, I yeah. definitely appreciate you coming on today. Um, I'm going to have to fit some music in here because it seems like we haven't been talking very long. Oh, shit. That's well, I was letting you take over your show. It's not my show where I could interrupt you. You, know? <laughs> you can interrupt me anytime. Have you heard my co-host? <laughs> yeah, but that's your co-host. I'm a guest, man. I, and that, I'm a little and that's, after little. <laughs> that's after editing. That's after editing. No, the Shit, hardest part of editing of this shit. is going to be um, slipping in the music. <laughs> Dude, I think we were short, concise, and to the point. <laughs> you know, it's like me, me and Lee, and or you and Mike. You guys digress a lot. You know, and the same thing with me and Lee, but me and you just went boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Shoot this out of the cannon, man. Yeah, right. Well, I ran out of news stories. I mean, Nita Strauss is touring right now, which is kind of cool. Oh, and fuck uh, yeah. a band that I got to interview, the Abby K band, they are opening up for Nita. Nice. And the cool thing is, the cool thing is, um, I got to see Abby play, Abby K, the woman, play at the Rockapod Expo. She was on bass for a song or two. Uh, she didn't sing there.
but she's actually played with Nita on stage before. So I know that they were really excited per her Facebook and Twitter feed. Really excited that Nita invited on, I guess it was a two-week leg of the tour. So I know that uh, last night, I believe, they were at the Whiskey. And um, she had posted, again, I can't remember if it was Facebook or Twitter. But she said uh, when she was 15 and out in L.A. with her mom and dad, they were standing out front of the Whiskey. And she said, I'm going to play there one day. She said she thought it would be when she was in her 30s or 40s. And here she is, 18 years old, opening for Nita Strauss. Or, yeah, Nita Strauss at the uh, Whiskey A Go-Go last night. That's pretty fucking badass. That's amazing. I've never been to the Whiskey, dude. I lag. I need to go to the Rainbow. I've never been to the Rainbow. I've been to the Tower Records there millions and gazillions times. And to the Roxy. But I've never been to those freaking iconic clubs and, and bars. You know, is, the, is the Troubadour still there in L.A.? Or is that oh, the Troubadour's in West Hollywood. It's still there, yeah. Okay. I've never been there either. Yeah, that's all, the, those were all our heroes played, man. The Troubadour, the Whiskey, the Roxy, the Rainbow. Yeah, I was mainly there for Tower Records, dude. <laughs> that's, that's insane. That see, if I ever get out west, we're going to these bars. Yeah. I've got to see the places. I mean, the Whiskey, I mean, come on, Jim Morrison and the Doors, the Grateful Dead, everybody has played the Whiskey. Van Halen. Fuck yeah. yeah. Gazzari's is unfortunately gone. It's like and it became Billboard Live or something else like that. Now it's something else. I don't know. One of these Cat like, house niche, is gone. niche clubs. Um, but there's other news stories, dude. Did you hear about Michael Sweet and his detached retina? I did. That's insane. He's going to be having surgery and he doesn't know how his vision is going to be afterwards. I know he's asking for prayers and stuff, and I prayed for him, of course. But uh, I love that guy, man. For those of you out there to do pray, send one over that way. Yeah, he. Uh, my wife got a cameo from him for my birthday. That was freaking awesome. That's badass. I got one for Nevaeh, actually. Nice. It was uh, and uh, in the heart of the pandemic. She was going to New York, and she was nervous as fuck. So I, and Michael Sweet doesn't ask for a lot of money. Uh, to do the cameo. It's like 40 or 50 bucks. It's not outrageous. And um, I sent it to her from work. I was work overnight when I got the notification that it was uh, that it was up. I sent it to her. And she cried. Poor little thing cried. Because it is personal to whoever they're talking to. You know, no matter who's doing these cameos. It's personal to you. And it was extra special for her because she got to meet him twice at the uh, Rock and Pod the last time and shake his hand and she just thought that was the coolest thing because she's been a fan of in god we trust since she was itty bitty nice so that great was, album that was pretty cool yeah i uh i wish nothing but the best for michael sweet now, you guys know i'm a huge huge striper fan uh most of you know that i got into striper because i had to it wasn't because i wanted to but i'm really thankful that i had to you know because i grew up as a seventh-day adventist and uh, we weren't allowed to listen to music or read books or watch TV if it wasn't, you know, religious or Christian. And I still wanted to listen to my metal, man. And in God We Trust, that was the uh, album of the week at Columbia House. <laughs> so I got the son of a bitch so I could rock out to metal all day. Dang, you know, my, my grandpa was a pastor, dude. He let me listen to anything I wanted to and even let me play it in his car. I played Motley Crue in his car. I played Rat in his car. He didn't say nothing. Dude, Seventh-day Adventists, they're a different breed of crazy. Now, remember, Angus T. Jones, he snapped and left two and a half men. Oh, yeah. And that was the religion that he joined. Them, them, 
Th those people are crazy. I, I'll joke and say they're like Jews, except they do believe that Christ is a savior. But there's a whole different level of fucking nuts there. Like you're not supposed to meditate because it weakens the mind and lets the devil in. They're just, <laughs> dude, they're out of their fucking minds. But that's what yeah. I'm baptized as. That's what it says on my military dog tags, the Seventh-day Adventist. So you never wrote, read the Bible where it says to meditate and pray? I, oh yeah, I read that in the Bible. <laughs> I read that in the Bible. Yeah. They all, they, oh yeah, they read the Bible, but dude, they're fanatics. They're crazy. They're vegetarians. Uh, you know, you're not allowed to eat meat, so they eat shit like turkey ham. And I'm like, what? Why are you eating turkey ham? Well, because it tastes like ham. Well, eat fucking ham then. Aren't <laughs> you like, kind of committing the sin anyway? <laughs> it's like those. Uh, I just had their name. The Pentecostals, man. They think, they think you're, if you don't speak in the Spirit, if you don't speak in the Holy Spirit, that you're not truly saved. And I go, did you guys read the Bible? It says, it's, like I went to a Pentecostal church and one guy started speaking in tongues in front of me. And I looked at my girl I was dating at the time. It's her church. I go, does anybody here understand what he just said? She goes, no. I said, well, this is falsehood. Because in the Bible, it says if somebody's speaking in tongues, somebody needs to be there to interpret it. Do these people read the Bible? I'm out. Right. <laughs> Now, you know me, I'm not a church guy, but this is the church that I grew up in. Um, now, before that, my dad was a Mormon. And after divorcing that stepmother, my ex-stepmother, he went back to that church. And they acted like, um, yeah, I know that Seventh-day Adventist thing, it never happened. So he was high up in the priesthood uh, in the Mormon church. So he's actually able to baptize people. And... He's not part of the crazy sect of the Mormons where, you know, you can have 47 wives and all that crazy shit. I will say some of the friendliest people, but one of the weirdest services ever. Because when you all congregate together, they just have talks. to be like four or five different people that come up and give talks. They never say God or the Lord or they always say Heavenly Father, which fucks me up because that's too many syllables. But all your actual, like a pastor would do or a minister would do preaching a sermon that happens in a classroom and the men are separate from the women and the children are separated from the adults. It's, it's weird. That is weird. Cause no, very weird. But all you, those you, religions are wild to me. Cause it's like, all, we all kind of believe the same thing, but boy, how the fuck can you have one book and every one of you interpret that son of a bitch different? <laughs> well, it may, but the thing is a lot of them are doing something that goes against a book. It's like, you guys are saying this, but that's not what it says in the Bible. Read it straightforward. Stop trying to interpret things you don't understand. I read it straight. I'm saying, okay, there's nobody there to interpret speaking in tongues. Why is this guy doing it? He's being a show-off like Jesus told us in the Bible. The Bible warns you about these false religion and churches. And if people would start reading it, they would know what's going on. <laughs> that's yeah, what this they, is They about. need to make a movie. One of the greatest movies ever made was The Ten Commandments. So it's pretty biblical truth right there. They didn't really change it much. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. That's the old Charlton Heston one, right? Yeah, that's a great movie. They used to play the it every Easter. Yeah, the, the freaking, uh, what is it? The cinematography is beautiful. <laughs> I prefer, uh, what is it, Exodus um, with, uh, oh, fuck, he played uh, Batman, Christian Bale. Exist. I like that. I like that version of it because uh, while appealing to the Christian faith, they also brought a little science into it to explain how some of these things may have happened. You know, the whole parting of the Red Seas or scientific theory 
they could explain why that happened. You know, so so I enjoyed that film. It wasn't yeah. like Noah, because again, I grew up in the church. I watched Noah, and I was like, wait a second. Noah's horrible. I've heard this story a million times. Where did the rock monsters come from? I don't remember the rock monsters. There's no fallen angels becoming rock monsters. Yeah, I don't, on, I don't remember any of that. So that was definitely just Hollywood having a good old time. Yeah, luckily that movie bombed. So, <laughs> I mean, I own it. I'll still watch it, but I'm like, I watch it more for entertainment value than, right. uh, you know, hey, I'm trying to, you know, get a lesson here. Because every once in a while, you know, I... I, I, there's still good stories. There's, there's good lessons to be learned. You know what I mean? But if yeah, you're going to make a movie, I say you just write out the bagats. Make <laughs> a movie about the bagats. That'd be a long ass porno. Yeah. The, the thing, <laughs> what is it? Oh, I was going, I was going somewhere and I forgot. <laughs> it's like, uh, Fuck oh, you up when Bush is like, yeah, Bible. Porn. Oh, oh, He's like, know, no, no, no. You know what pisses me off? This is just me being, because I, I, I think I know the Bible pretty well, or I might not know it enough, or I might be wrong. I don't know. I just know I have faith. But the thing that pisses me off about it is that people say, I believe in science and not the Bible. Do you realize that the Bible said things before science figured it out? Yeah, that's true. But they also say things that are fucking ridiculous. Or maybe it's just interpretation, like the earth is only 5,000 or 6,000 years old. We know that's bullshit. Well, it's like uh, like they said, uh, the they used to count the stars in the heavens. Remember, astronomers used to count, and and then one finally guy goes, "Well, there's no way we could count all the stars in the heaven. The universe is constantly expanding." And then in, in the Bible, it says, "You'll never know the vastness of the universe because I will unfold it like a curtain." Jesus, God already said that the universe is expanding, and then it took somebody a hundred years to figure that out. <laughs> it's already there. Well, it's once you start looking up there, it's like, man, that's a lot of fucking dots. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to figure out what's dots and what's actually planets and what's planetoids. And what happened to Pluto? I'm still yeah. upset about this, okay? I think it's a planet again, isn't it? I don't know. I know I went all through school and Pluto was a planet. We had nine in the solar system, but they took it away. Now it's not a planet anymore. But now they're saying there's a ninth hidden planet. And I haven't figured that shit out yet. <laughs> it's like is it on some kind of a different orbit because the rest of our planets circle the sun in a certain way but apparently this one planet does kind of elliptical around everything else like what what <laughs> help me out just find it maybe that's god on a spaceship watching us <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know just find the green slave chicks that's all <laughs> oh I care yeah about. oh dude new star star trek discovery started this week did it? I don't I gotta find out if my Paramount is still up. Dude, when, I, gotta... when I had to move here, I canceled a lot of my uh, extracurriculars. I don't have Hulu. Um, I don't have HBO Max. I don't have Showtime, which pisses me off because I really want to see that final season of Dexter. Oh, the new season of Dexter? Are you watching it? Yeah, it's good. Okay, no spoilers. Is it any good? I oh, yeah, it's good. Oh. Yeah, cause I, dude, that's one of my favorite shows. It's and a lot of people think it went to shit after season four with John Lithgow. And I'm like, no, I disagree. I like the Jimmy Smith season too. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. That, come yeah. on, the district attorney's killing with him. Come on. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it's great stuff. And then the, uh, it's not Juliette Lewis. Who the hell's that uh, girl? I forgot her name, but the blonde chick. She was yeah, yeah. 
That, that was a great yeah. season as well. I thought every season was quality. I I think like most fans, the, the ending kind of sucked. You know, because everybody's yeah. dead now. You know, the sister's dead. His wife's dead. Everybody's fucking dead. Dexter's basically busted. Leaves the kid, what, with the grandparents or something? And then rides off into the hurricane. Only to show up later at the end of the episode. Eh, but thank God he showed up at the end of the episode because now it means we have this final chapter. Yeah. It's and I hear, cool. I, I, and again, no spoilers, Mark, so I haven't seen I it. can't say anything. I can't but say anything. I hear that Deborah's coming back in a ghost form. I hear that John Lithgow's making an appearance or two. So I'm really, really looking forward to this season. I, I guess I have to wait for it to drop on Voodoo because I don't know that I want to buy Showtime. Uh, I think Showtime and uh, Paramount Plus, I got a deal. You get both of them for eleven ninety nine right now. That's not too bad, actually. No, it isn't. <laughs> not too bad. No. All right, way to help fill some time, motherfucker. I know. Uh, that's pretty cool, huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't think you had it in you. You're all right. Uh, dude, Look, I know how this, listen time. to this, Metal Mike, so I know you'll go back and listen to this. Mark Taylor gets two gold stars, and they're not revoked. <laughs> I, feel like I do appreciate you coming in and uh, filling in for my other brother from another mother. <laughs> hey, tell us where we can find your stuff. Uh, we're on Podbean, Apple Podcast. Do a Google search for the Freeform Rock Podcast. We're on every week on Fridays. Uh, and we also do a YouTube channel, the same logo. I post concert videos that I go to. Lee posts some videos. We post a, a Saturday exclusive video where we just bullshit about everything, about music, about the life, nothing pol- political or anything. And also, I'm on the Market Jerry BS sessions with my buddy Jerry Supe or Soup, whatever. Soup, we're on. We're we try to be on every Thursday night on YouTube. So check us out. Yeah, see, I've even been on that show. What the fuck? I'm yeah. glad I finally got you here. What what a dick. I'm a bad friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's okay. I'm yeah, still absolutely. trying to... I, I've been on the Rocket Combat Metal podcast, too. <laughs> You've been on Rocket Metal? Remember the Van Halen episode with Terrence? Oh, the one that never aired? No, the fuck episode. Oh, I'll have to go back. See, I hate that guy so much that... Oh, and let's get into that drama. You know, this guy had the nerve to unblock me and try to friend me again. <laughs> He's been messaging me on every social media I have. Trying to it's get like after talking attention. all that shit about me, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything until you blocked me. Uh, and then you go try to friend me. Nah, I don't, I don't have time for that kind of crazy. I've already dated two crazy bitches down here. I don't need another crazy bitch in my life. Dude, you, you got to go listen to the, the unlawful carnal knowledge episode I did with them. It's one of their best episodes. Everybody keeps bringing that one up. It's got to be a massacre. Oh, dude. Uh, I I talked Terrence out of stop. He, he was going to leave the freaking Skype a million times because Ian was going off on him so badly. And <laughs> Terrence was crying, and I talked him to staying, and it, he finally finished the episode. He got I'm going. I fuck this shit. And I said, dude, he's just fucking with you, dude. Ian's just messing with you. You're taking it too personal. <laughs> it's a that's hilarious. Yeah, it's a great yeah. episode, though. Yeah, sorry, Terrence. Uh, you could try to <laughs> validate your little video and say it was out of context, but uh, <laughs> when you're calling people fucking kikes, sorry, that's racist. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, racists I got... don't know they're racist. That's the problem. It's like crazy people don't know they're crazy. It's ridiculous. Oh, I know I'm crazy. 
but I'm not that crazy. <laughs> that's how you know that. See, that's how you know you're not crazy because crazy people don't know they're crazy. <laughs> that's true. Every serial killer in the world, dude, they're batshit crazy, but they don't know it. They think everything's normal. It thinks everything's normal. Son of oh, Sam, no, dude, the dog told me to do it. Is that normal? <laughs> of course it's normal. Of course no, Rover asking for a biscuit is normal. <laughs> uh, man, the one guy got him to take, take Kool-Aid. That guy was crazy. Woo! He got a lot of people you. with him. And Jones. Woo! Yeah, Jim Jones. They're making a movie about him. Oh, God, that's going to be horrible. That's I, just... I care. I, don't hold me to this. Don't hold me to this. And none of you listeners either don't hold me to this. I want to say DiCaprio is playing Jim Jones. Oh, I'd watch that in a heartbeat. I love DiCaprio. You know, it's funny. I hated him. I couldn't stand that yeah. guy. I hated Romeo and Juliet. I hated oh, I fucking... Like I mean, I liked him as a little... Oh, hold on. I got to be PC here because we can't say retarded. Mentally handicapped boy in What's Eating Gilbert Great with Johnny Depp. I love his character movie. there. And I think that was his debut. And what a great role that was. But after that, man, it was well, just shit. I didn't like that guy again until Blood Diamond. Yeah, that guy, that guy was also in before the movies was in Growing Pains. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that Growing show Pains. much. Oh, uh, okay. But uh, I love Alan Thicke. I don't like his son much, but I liked him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like that. What's that one song he does? I love that song. The one song they ripped off of Marvin Gaye? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Everybody rips off everything. <laughs> what was it Blurred Lines? So Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's yeah, okay, I love that man. Shit. Dude, I got, uh, I got to tell you, I was, uh, I was at the grocery store uh, shortly before we came on. And uh, I always feel so old in the grocery store now because all the music they're playing, I fucking love. And they were playing Rick <laughs> Astley, but I wasn't getting, uh, what, what do they call it? Oh, I wasn't getting Rickrolled. It was the other big hit he had, Together Forever. And I hadn't heard that in years, dude. (laughs) Dude, you know why I know these people? Because I sat through all these fucking videos on MTV. I didn't get to Google it or skip these. I had to sit there to get to Def Leppard and Iron Maiden and fucking all the bands I wanted to hear. If I could MTV spice the shit in between it. Debbie Gibson, Tiffany. Well, I do like Tiffany. But spliced all this shit to get to the good shit. For me, at least. (laughs) Yeah, see, I like Debbie Gibson. I like Tiffany. Uh, We didn't have cable for the longest time because where my dad decided to build his house once we got stationed up there in uh, New York. He was done with government quarters. He wanted to do his own thing. And they didn't have any quarters built, so we had to get what was called government leased houses, which means that the government were paying people an outrageous amount of money to uh, to lease a house to soldiers. And, of course, we lived there without paying because that's the way, you know, that's how it is if you're in the military. You either get government housing or they give you an allowance to pay for your housing. But that just made the, the housing market go through the roof. The point is that that town that we moved to was so tiny. I mean, it's a town of 350 people, dude. There's no traffic light in that town. If you saw state troopers or sheriffs come through that town, something was going on because they never come out there. So we didn't have cable for the longest time. I want to say I was maybe a junior or a senior in high school before cable finally came out there. But, uh... The radio, we had an FM radio, a top 40 radio station that they played on the buses every morning. So I heard all that stuff, the Debbie Gibsons, the Tiffany's, the new kids on the block. But I heard the Bon Jovi and the Cinderella's and all that. I much preferred the rock and roll stuff. 
but I, I love all that stuff. 80s pop is one of my favorite things. Yeah, mine, mine out here with the radio is KLOS and uh, KRQ. I got the alternative from KRLQ, but they didn't call it that back then. They just called it the rock of the 80s, like the Cure, Depeche Mode, Duran Duran. And we had video hits one here that before I had MTV was Richard Blade, who's like Mr. K-Rock out here, and he does national things now. But he got me into Duran Duran, Psychedelic Furs, you know, Thompson Twins, all that crap came from him on Video Hits one out here, a local show. Yeah. So I was well-rounded. And I got my hard rock from MTV, first saw Def Leppard, I go, oh, crap, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've told the story a million times. I got the rock and roll thing from my dad because he liked Zeppelin and Floyd and uh, uh, Black Sabbath. Not not a lot of Black Sabbath, very little. He had two records. He had uh, Born Again and Paranoid, the only two Sabbath albums he had. And uh, he gave me my first two Kiss records because he didn't want that quote-unquote clown shit. So, I mean, I grew up with rock and roll. Hey, my mom, too. She took me to my first show. Uh, she was listening to Aerosmith and all this music around me. That's how I got into rock. And she bought me tapes, man. I said, hey, mom. Get me this tape. Okay. But you got to do chores and I had to work for it. So I didn't get it for free. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Well, that's how it went. Unless it was a Christmas present. Yeah. She, I had to do chores, clean the house, make dinner, do whatever. So, you know, a lot of these kids that can't even cook today, man. I was a single kid. I learned how to cook. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I think it's about time we got out of here. Now, I asked you to have something to plug because that's what we do on the plug. What are you going to promote this week? Uh, an album or something? I don't care what you promote. Oh, fuck. The new L.A. Guns. Checkered Past, man. That album kicking rocks. Tracy and freaking Phil Lewis back together. Oh, the really? Album See, back I together. didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They, they've made three albums, dude. Uh, you haven't heard the track Speed from the last album? Oh, my God. I, I haven't heard fucking L.A. Guns since... Ah, uh, uh, what the fuck album was it? I think it was their fourth one. It's the number one best seller, seller in rock and blues on Amazon right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I may and, have to uh, check that out. They posted a, posted a thing with that chart, and they said, it is Lonely Being, and it says number one on the album. <laughs> nice. Yeah. They rule, man. Outstanding. Well, I'm going to plug a movie. Uh, it came out last year. I think it's fucking brilliant. It is not your typical Christmas movie. Starring Mel Gibson as Chris Kringle, a.k.a. Santa Claus, but Fat Man. Dude, what a great action flick. And uh, to, to give you guys a synopsis, Santa Claus pissed off a rich kid because he got coal. So the kid hires a hitman <laughs> to go <laughs> kill Santa Claus. But let me tell you what, Chris Kringle is not one to fuck with. It's an amazing movie. It's a lot of fun. It's goofy as hell, but well acted. <laughs> If that makes any sense, go check out Fat Man. It is available everywhere. I bought it on Vudu. It's it's an amazing, amazing film. Not for children. <laughs> Although, forced them to watch the very last scene of that movie. I won't tell you what happens, but forced them to watch the last scene. That'll make sure your kids behave. <laughs> yeah. And I heard there's a new season of Kirby Enthusiasm. I got to go check that out. I keep forgetting to go check it. I've, I've never seen that either. Dude, you're a Seinfeld fan. Shame on you. I know. This is Seinfeld with just fucking George. <laughs> it's just George running the world, man. 
I I know. And I know George is your favorite. It's Larry David. That's the real life George. <laughs> I know. It's kind of funny. I'm seeing a commercial as we're sitting here talking for Seinfeld right now on TV on Comedy Central. It's hilarious. <laughs> no joke. That's that's the commercial playing as you're talking about Kirby your enthusiasm and George. That's funny. Dude, it's amazing. I got lots of lines from that, like Pig Parker, a guy who takes up two two lanes to park his car. He's a Pig Parker. Look at this guy. He's taking up two spots. It's George, man. <laughs> that that is funny. That is funny. That's the greatest thing about Seinfeld. A lot, and I understand why people don't like Seinfeld, the series. I don't understand how you can't like Seinfeld stand-up, because for somebody to work that clean and be that hilarious, that's kind of hard to do. But yeah. that show, it's like the four worst possible humans on the face <laughs> of the planet. You know, Kramer's just a fucking mooch. And he's an asshole, like the, the episode where he's breaking up with that woman, talking about how you contribute nothing to society. You know? <laughs> it's like, seriously, dude? Jerry, he's just a womanizer and a douchebag. George, you know, he can't hold a fucking job. You know? <laughs> he's always trying to scam the system. And then Elaine, she's just a tramp. It's a great <laughs> series. Hey, and all the, all the names, close talker, low yeah. talker, high talker. <laughs> She's got the Jimmy legs. <laughs> hey, hey, Nate, do you think he would be sponge worthy for Elaine? <laughs> I'd, I'd blow right through that sponge. Back then, look, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was hot back then. Uh, late night on TV land, every once in a while I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I leave my TV on at night. And uh, the new Adventures of Old Christine is on and I'm like, hmm. She looks kind of witchy now. When she was young doing Seinfeld, she was hot. But now she looks kind of witchy. Oh, I don't know how she looks now. I'm talking about what she was doing that show, I guess. Yeah, she kind of looks like that still. She's in Veep. And uh, and plus, if you watch the Kirby Enthusiasm long enough, you get a, a Seinfeld reunion in there where they're writing a new Seinfeld. Yeah, maybe I'll just watch, find that one episode and watch it. Dude, you'll get, dude, you watch that shit from the first episode. You're a Seinfeld fan. You're going to love it. Trust me. It's Larry David. He wrote all the classic Seinfelds with Jerry. I know he did. I know yep. he did. We'll see. I might get into it. I am a huge Seinfeld fan. You like the pig Parker, and that's later in the seasons. <laughs> well, that's just funny. You know? Yeah. Or that's you those... That's those names. They're always coming up with a soup yeah. Nazi, and they just had a name for everybody. Well, they have a. They, you had another one where he goes, "You better, res you didn't respect the wood." No, I put a coaster there. No, you did it. You don't respect my wood. There's a line on my wood. No, I told everybody, and he found out it was the ex-wife who did it, and then he's trying to beg her to go tell them that he didn't leave that spot on their table, and he's trying to get to get back together with her, but he cares more about looking better in front of those people than making up with his ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like Seinfeld-ish. <laughs> George, George pushing the kids out of the way. Oh, I was leading away. The, the old lady in the walker. <laughs> yes, that or is the, great stuff. Or the people on those fucking scooters chasing them, the old get the old people gang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The scooter. You <laughs> hit my ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Or, or what's that guy's baseball? Uh, oh, you. Oh, and, Keith Hernandez. No, yeah, Keith Hernandez too in there. Freaking the fake. They thought Terry Hatcher's boobs are fake. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're real. They're spectacular. <laughs> God, I love that show. It's it's great. I there's only two uh, sitcoms that I have all of, and that's Big Bang and Seinfeld. Now there's yeah. other sitcoms out there that I love, but Big Bang Theory and Seinfeld are are my top two favorite sitcoms. Yeah, I add Dukes of Hazard to that also. I don't really consider it a sitcom. Yeah, it's a great show though. <laughs> I uh, I I tried to watch that again. I I can't. I'm like, oh my god, this is bad. Oh, because it's seventies. <laughs> I mean, we just didn't know back in the seventies and early eighties that it was bad because that was just TV of the time. But it, it's bad. I but I can go back and watch Miami Vice, and that show and was could, great. You could go back and watch Married with Children also. <laughs> I, I was never a Married with Children fan. In the oh. Dude. My favorite parts of Married with Children is when Al was in the fucking shoe store fucking with all the big bitches. Can we say yeah. big bitches? It was yeah. overweight women. I apologize. It was rather portly women he was always fucking with. He yeah. <laughs> worked so funny. He says, what are you screaming? You're stepping on my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did like all those. And my dad was a faithful Married with Children watcher. Dude, that, but that would piss my ex stepmother off because you know she was a hardcore holy roller and that was not appropriate. Yeah, my wife don't like Mary with children. She thinks it's rude. I go, this is like the start of like non PC culture right here with this show coming on like freaking Fox because Fox was the rebel back then, putting right. on him and the Simpsons and X Files, you know, stuff that nobody else would touch. Yeah, the Simpsons yeah. I still don't like. I didn't like it back then. I didn't like it in 1987 when it was out. I was in middle uh, school. Everyone was wearing their Bart Simpson don't have a cowman shirts. Mm-hmm. Eat my shorts. And I'm like, fuck this little yellow kid. I don't give a fuck about him. <laughs> I, I hated it. I, always did. I, always have. I bought a Bart Simpson sh- uh, shirt in Tijuana border. It showed him choking Saddam Hussein. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, okay. Well, now I think it's time to get up out of here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Man. I do. I do appreciate you coming on, brother. Uh, we will have to have you back when uh, Metal Mike is back with us. I actually tried calling him two days ago, and I left a message. He never got back to me. I know he's busy. He works overnights. But I do appreciate you coming on. Um, we like to get content out. and I have the Podbean app, man, and, uh, which is great because I can go back and listen to my shit, and that's just another listen for us because I'm not logged in, you know, I'm as a guest or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever see likes and shit pop up on your stuff or a comments to pop up you got to get the app because that'll be me typing something in i had the app but i saw that uh man we hadn't released an episode in like 24 days i'm like oh fuck that because we're trying to do every two weeks and now we're at three three and a half so i definitely appreciate you coming on we will have you back um we do this little thing here called final thoughts i don't care what it is you have to say i'm sure you've heard it before Mark Alden Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast. Any final thoughts? Yeah, man. Just be cool to each other. Stop being idiots out there. Um, man, we're all we're all brothers and sisters in this world, man. It just sucks people fighting over stupid shit. And listen to the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah, I agree. Also check out our friends at Decibel Geek, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Cobras of Fire, Talk To Me, Podkiss, Kiss Room. Who the fuck am I forgetting? There's so many Metal out there. Dungeon. So good. Metal Dungeon. Yeah, I, I apologized so hard. <laughs> that was horrible. Eric thought it was hilarious, and I'm like, no, dude, that's fucking horrible. Well, I'm with Eric. Words. It, was it was horrible. It, was, it wasn't horrible. It was funny. <laughs> uh, I, I listened to that. I was embarrassed. Nobody else could hear it. I was at work listening. I'm like, oh, my God. 
George Bush is fun, man. <laughs> he's he's something else. I tell people, look, anything drunk Bushy did, you got to take up with him. Because <laughs> I promise I don't remember it. And just like I didn't remember the second half of that episode, and when I heard it, I was mortified. All I want to say is, yeah, just I'm going to back up what Mark said and never, ever, ever bring a skateboard to a gunfight. Motherfuckers, buy vinyl. And we'll see you next time. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on The Plug. See you next week.
much better. 